Yo, what's up my people? Welcome back to the All Things Bengals podcast. You know who it is, B-Things, Bengals Things. Appreciate you guys tuning in today. Uh, I'm recording from my lady's house, so maybe it sounds a bit different. We're not in my office room today. We're in another room. So uh, I'm sure it ain't going to sound too different. So to hop on some of the news and updates over the last two days, and towards the end of the episode going to... Um, give a preview for the Bengals at Giants game this Sunday, 7 p.m. Looking forward to that. Um, going to get into that later. So to start it off, um, nothing too much, nothing too crazy today. Um, probably one of the biggest things today was um, Lael participating in 11-on-11s today. I think the biggest thing that he mentioned was that if it would have been full pads today, probably would have been a no-go in 11-on-11s. But nonetheless, really nice to see him getting some work out there at a full speed in 11-on-11s. So it was great to see. Great to see for the first time Alex Kappa, Lael, and Karras on that line going at full speed. While that was the case in OTAs, nobody's going full speed in OTAs. That's just organized activities, loose, chill activities. So to have that going today was a huge thing. Um, And the offense produced really well. Had a lot of production, um, a lot of red zone work today I saw. That's more common um, going into um, pregame strategy, things like that, executing the plan because with it being Friday, you know? Um, So... You know, obviously, uh, for the future weeks to come, um, you know, with the game on Sundays, Friday's the last practice, Saturday you fly out, whatever, if it's an away game, whatever. So, really nice to see with L out there. And another guy that wasn't out there today, but will be soon, is uh, backup right tackle Isaiah Prince. He suffered a biceps injury a couple days ago in practice, was carted off. Now, I think some people are catching on, and I've surely caught on to and eased up about is with the medical staff bringing out the cart, typically when you hear the carts brought out, you think of worst-case scenario. In today's game, and really the reality, not only with today's game, with coaches easing up and practice, not going too hard, because they know what these players can do. You don't want to overwork the guys, completely steam them out, and you know to have these seasons drag on longer especially for a winning team where you're expecting to play 18 19 22 23 weeks of football but with the Bengals stadium being if I had to guess I mean 200 200 300 yard walk just bring out the cart like so now like I said As I became accustomed to, and I want to educate all you guys on, if you haven't caught on, don't stress too much when you hear players being brought, you know, being, you know, taken out of practice on the cart. Because a majority of the injuries this year that have occurred have been, or have been cart related, have been minor. So nothing too drastic there. And also the the common sense thing is why would you need a cart for an arm injury? Because they don't want to walk far. Don't worry about it. It's hot. It's the middle of the summer. Shit's fucking heated right now. Literally. 
practice, tough as shit, you know, just don't worry about it, so bring out the cart. So, God forbid, more injuries that occur in the future, when the cart's brought out, doesn't mean it's not a bad thing, doesn't mean nothing is wrong, but doesn't have to go to worst case scenario, you know, knee injury, ACL tear, so... With Prince being taken out on the cart, everything's fine. He's week to week. So your uh, backup tackle, Isaiah Prince, is going to be back soon. And he's going to be out for preseason two and likely preseason game three. Um, but that means another guy that has came back from injury is going to come back. A guy who be, we've been waiting for, couldn't see in preseason game one, Deontay Smith. Suffering that back that back strain last week. Also taken out on the cart. Also um, coming down as a, just a minor injury. He is back. He participated in practice again fully today. He seems good to go and is going to play on Sunday. Don't know exactly how much, but that's huge right there. Because um, as more notes I'll get on from Zach's presser today, one of the big things he said was that only three tackles are dressing in Sunday's game. Three. That's crazy. Um, so thinking off the top of my head, the three tackles that would play would be Smith, uh, would be four, but with Prince out, um, Smith, uh, other left tackle, this sounds crazy, I don't even think about this that much, man, who are the tackles beyond, uh, fucking Jonah, Collins, Prince, Smith, Smith, fucking, oh, uh, Adenogy, I guess they've really been liking him at tackle a lot more. Um, even though he's he had a horrific performance at tackle last weekend. Fucking three snaps. Either penalties or absolutely mutilated on a rep. But I think that they want to put him at tackle again. Uh, and somebody else. I don't know. Probably some PS guy. So that's going to be the three tackles that are dressing up. Um <clears throat> So those are some of the key things with injuries right now. Uh, nothing too crazy. Trey Flowers, cornerback, had an off day today. Um, it's going to play on Sunday. Uh, nothing too crazy there. Oh, another significant thing, probably the most significant thing regarding injury. Um, actually, too, forgot about your sample. He's week to week as well. So good for him that he obviously missed that significant injury with the MCL um, or something potentially a lot worse. It's just an MCL strain. <laughs> He's week to week, um, and hopefully going to have him back by week one. Your most important blocking tight end. He's starting to really carve himself a role for this team. Wow, it's a limited one. Sorry, got the fucking hiccups. It's a real one. So we have been really lucky with some of the injuries this year that have may have appeared as catastrophic and, like, really significant, you know, resulting in, like, a full season of being out. We've missed that. It's been just weeks for these guys. So good on that front. Um, also good on the front of CTB getting the recovery and the proper things that he needed, which was core surgery. He got core muscle surgery. Don't know exactly how it happened, but he must have done something. I don't know if he tore anything. And Zach Taylor was saying that the recovery could be 3 to 12 weeks. That's a really wide range. So within my vague knowledge of the matter, I don't know the severity of it. So, obviously, he got surgery on Monday. Today is Friday. So, it's a huge bummer. 
and a huge missed missed opportunity for CTB that he wasn't able to play in the preseason at all. Um, but the reality was CTB is he was not going to beat out Eli. He was not. I think no matter how good CTB would have played in preseason, um, just because Eli has done nothing to minimize his value with this team. And he just showed how much value he gave to this team last year. So um, there was never a real shot for CTB just because of how good Eli's been. And CTB has been just fine. I think I mentioned this on some previous podcasts before. He's been good for a rookie corner. Cornerbacks are one of the most hardest positions to adapt to in this league. It is becoming a little bit easier um, over the last few years because of the elite ability of these premier positions, these skill positions like corners, like receivers, like running backs, because the translation from receivers from college to NFL is like, it's almost unbelievable with how fast these guys are translating this elite ability and production to the league. So to bring that with the cornerbacks, these cornerbacks are slowly following as well, not as fast as the receivers. So it's still in the macro, the same thing. It has been corners take time to adapt. Sorry, got some fucking dogs barking in the background. It takes time for these cornerbacks to adapt, just like CTB is going through. So within that frame, then that mindset, CTB is doing just fine. Um, and you hope that he has a just fine recovery as well. Wide range of time. Who knows? Coaches don't need to rush him back super quick. We've got some depth. We've got some pieces and guys. And everything's going to be fine with CTB the best. So I think that is finally about it with the injuries. Um, best of luck to those guys. And let's go down to some of the other notes that I have here. <clears throat> um, as usual, I never want to um, minimize the praise that I want to give to the reporters that are standing outside in this fucking heat, getting some great footage, getting great insight, conversations from coaches, players, whatever, videos, pictures. Because I watched a lot of the videos they posted today, and um, a lot of great things. A lot of red zone work, as I said earlier. Um, Typically, that's towards the end of the week. You saw lots of touchdowns from the first team, second team. And a guy that I saw a lot of on the first team is Trent Taylor. Outside of the obvious trio, Trent Taylor was a guy who I saw out there the most. And it's pretty obvious. Trent Taylor is the most seasoned guy with the most experience out of any of these backups, out of you know anybody out of the top three. So I think Taylor's going to become the 4.5 on this team. The reason I say 4.5 is because while the trio has good health, they're all on the field, they're not going to need to use Stanley as a 4 a receiver four straight up in all facets because yes, Stanley has elevated himself in the receiving game, but he's a damn, damn good run blocker. So I think what they're going to do is they're just going to put him in, you know, specific situations. Hey Trent, when we're in the red zone or we're needing to go five wide or, you know, whatever. And Joe Mixon needs a breather or, 
I don't know, Chrisette, whatever. Like, we want to add four receivers on the field. Like, Trent Taylor's going to be that guy. So he's going to be a specific pass weapon. Stanley's going to be the specific run weapon. Yes, they're going to be used in both. Yes, I think Stanley's going to get more production this year in the passing game. But overall, that's what their roles are. So that's why I consider Trent Taylor and Stanley Morgan receiver 4.5. I don't think there's going to be a clear-cut 4 or a 5. So 4.5 it is. So I saw receiver 4.5 and Trent Taylor getting a lot of looks in that red zone, uh, in those red zone schemes today. So good for him. And to kind of go along with that, it for me personally, I'm kind of surprised that I overthought this this much. But like, what? The top six receivers are pretty obvious for this team. They were last year, and they are this year. Right now, without the Bengals bringing in another like legitimate backup receiver, right now it's obvious that you have the trio, you have Stan, you have Trent, and you have Michael Thomas. That's the clear-cut top six. It's The Bengals have had seven receivers on the 53 roster, 53-man roster every year since, like, for, like, the last 15 years other than 2016. I think that was a stat um, gathered from Jay Morrison of The Athletic. Shout out to him. Does a lot of great work with The Athletic and the Bengals. Um, So you're assuming that they could very well bring seven guys onto this roster. So the top six is secure. Chase, Higgins, Boyd, Thomas, Taylor and Morgan. Who's number seven going to be? You got to see a lot of more uh, um, ST special teams production from Kendra Pryor and Kwame Laster. Today, they had looks as usual in the punting game with Taylor, Laster, and Boyd as a number three. Pryor is not on that list. So, why Pryor had that really good production of 89 yards, four receptions, and one tutty in the first preseason game. You have to show that value in the special teams. So while Laster is getting those looks in special teams, if Pryor wants a spot on this 53 or to be that first man called up on that practice squad week in and week out above like a Trent Irwin, who seems like a lock for the practice squad, at least in my eyes, you better show your value on special teams. I don't know what his looks were on special teams. I need to get a number of his snaps he played. I think he played 11 or 9 snaps. So, in preseason game one, this Sunday, that's one of the biggest things you need to look for. You need to see these back-end roster receivers. What is their production on special teams, okay? Because we don't need a receiver seven in the pass game, at least right now. We're in a good enough situation to where we don't need to rely on Kendrick Pryor when it comes to week three or week one or week seven to give us 50 yards and a touchdown to win a game, all right? So what's your value on special teams? That's what you need to look for. Okay. So <clears throat> um, let's see. Whenever CTB, pretty much, yeah, I mean, as I was already touching on with the preview of uh, what you want to see from these receivers in preseason game two, I will just go ahead and brush on some of the other things to watch for um, and to let you know ahead of preseason game two. 
August 20th, baby. It's crazy that from August 20th to Sunday, the following Sunday, the 27th, you have the Rams and Bengals preseason game, which is going to be... Um, I've actually found a lot more excitement this year, more than I ever have with preseason games. That makes me really happy because for me, I'm just an absolute fiend of football, as most of you guys are. But listen, even though we're fiends for our team, preseason games can get fucking boring. No, I didn't watch the entire preseason game last weekend because I was busy with family on vacation. But if I wasn't busy with fam on vacation, I would have watched that whole motherfucking game. I enjoyed a lot more. But preseason game three? God damn, that shit about to be boring. But let me tell you something. I've already mentioned all my story. I think people are discounting how intense this fucking joint practice is going to be with the Rams. Listen, yes, I don't think some people know that um, what I've heard, it's not guaranteed yet, but what I've heard is that Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald are not going to participate in the joint practice. I don't know why. Maybe like the, the 11 on 11s of joint practice? I don't know. Uh, maybe they're suffering with injuries or something, but that's going to get heated, bro. Like, you've seen a lot of these joint practices of teams going in and at it at each other. Like, what, the Bengals and Rams are just going to fucking shake hands and be cool? Like, nobody nobody better touch our fucking QB. Or shit, it's up. It's up. I cannot wait for these joint practices. I'm going to tell you guys right now, I'm going to be at those fucking joint practices. I'm going to be watching from the bridge because I don't think fans are going to be there, be able to be there. But y'all can bet my ass is going to be on that bridge. I'm going to be getting some footy for you guys. So uh, super excited about that. Cannot wait. That will be beginning, I don't know the exact day. Maybe they fly on the 22nd, Tuesday? Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Um, get a few days in there. Then the boring preseason game where probably no starters are going to play because you're going to get starters playing starters in the 11-on-11s in the joint practice. That's your preseason game. Our preseason game is going to be on... Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday of next week. That is going to be the most exciting part of preseason. So pay attention to it. Our preseason games that are going to be fun to watch and filled with real boss action of our starters, Super Bowl 2.0, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe Tuesday. I don't know. Can't wait for that shit, though. So back with the Giants game. From what I've heard is that the Giants are going to be playing their starters again. You expect Daniel Jones to be out there. Don't know how much. Probably not a ton of reps. Um, but they're getting him out there. Interesting thing, which has always been so clear to me, but like people just like brush off of this as if it's no big deal. Tyrod Taylor was getting some first, like legitimate first team reps. Listen, who was it? So it's, this offseason, the Giants signed a legitimate backup fringe starter guy in Tyrod Taylor. Miami signed a legitimate fringe backup starter guy, Teddy B. Uh, who else? A legitimate fringe starter backup guy. Um, that may have been it, all that I'm thinking about. But there's a reason why they signed those guys. Legitimate backup fringe starter guys. Because they don't trust their fucking starting QB. So it's going to be really interesting to watch the Giants, competition-wise, for the Bengals. That's what I think about. What 
competition can the Bengals be challenged with, can be approached with. So I like what the Giants got going on because it's going to mean these Bengals players are going to have to try. And a really interesting thing is with Cordell Volson, a guy that has everything in front of him right now. This is the golden opportunity for his career. I do not mean that lightly. Listen to me again. This is the golden opportunity, the golden moment of Cordell Volson's career. Why? Because you are a, a fourth-round pick. Yes, you're valued by your team, but you are a Division II fucking college football player that was playing Division II college football eight months ago for five years. If you want to come into this league and cement yourself as a valuable player and as a valuable contributor, not saying that Cordell needs something to grip onto because he's been bad, not saying that at all, but I'm saying that in your current situation, as being a guy that your coaching staff likes but is in the weeds on a prominent prospect from the year before that they are trying to groom to be the starter over you, for you to get a grip of that spot and to force their hand to where you show by your play that, hey, you're not going to be able to start Jackson. You guys lost on a 2021 second-round pick. That was a wash because I'm going to prove to be more valuable than he will ever be. This is the time. This is the time. So, golden opportunity for Cordell Volson. Um, wish Jackson the best uh, for COVID recovery. Minimum amount of time is five days um, that he can get off the COVID list. So, if he tested negative yesterday or today, as I believe he tested positive either yesterday or two days ago, the shortest amount of time he could come back off the COVID list is Sunday evening. Obviously, after Sunday evening, there's something with the rule to where it can't be on game day. I, I don't know what it is, but he won't he won't make it in time. He won't make it in time. Or or it may have been Wednesday. It was Wednesday, so he won't make it in time because it will be Monday. Cordell's chance, you get your two or three quarters of football in. They're going to want him to see him for at least a half, at least a full half. You get him in at the beginning of the game with B dot. You're going to see those starting defensive linemen, those premier guys for the Giants, that stacked defensive front. Um, uh, 2021 rookie, uh, um, what was his name? I think Penn State or Notre Dame, dude. Ah, really unique name. Uh, uh, oh, a jewelry, uh, a jewelry. I forget his last name or, or his first name, but he had a really good rookie season. Guy with a lot of upside. Obviously, premier, uh, number five overall pick, Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, and then uh, Tomlinson. And, um, fuck, another Dexter Lawrence, maybe? Two premier guys on the defensive line. Cordo Volson, make sure your chin strap's on tight. Go to fucking work. Go to work. You're getting these first-team reps. You are the guy at that left guard spot right now. You better maximize your opportunity. You're going against premier guys at their position. You better fucking make the most of it. So super excited. Pay attention to 67, that left guard spot, over the receivers. And first team, if I were you, as a fan watching this game at 7 p.m. on Sunday night, you're watching number 67, not number 8, not even number 25. Not number 18, not number 16, not number 11, not number 19. You're watching 67. Watch him. Pay attention to him, okay? So, great opportunity for him. 
and I'm excited to watch them. Um, let's see, no Bengals starters, kind of obvious. That's going to be the trend the entire preseason, probably the trend from now on. Like, with them adding joint practices again, like, and specifically with the players that are here, 21 of your 22 starters are back from last year. We had fantastic elite camaraderie, great connectivity with our players. Why do they need to play in preseason? We've been running a lot of full speed, not full contact stuff um, in practice, but like these players have shown that they adapt a bit quicker than what was anticipated anymore. Like, look at the Jamar Chases. No, nobody is Jamar Chase specifically because he's an anomaly, but overall, it's fine. So, no starters. Get over it. Some special teams, guys. Evan McMoney. Money McPherson. Um, I would never call him McMoney again in my fucking life. That was an accident. <laughs> Money McPherson. Um, we'll see him. Kevin Hubes. Uh, Clark the Goat Harris. Um, Drew Chrisman and Cal Adamitis. See what they got. Um, and receiver fun. Maybe Kwame Lasseter can really put up some production because one reception for five yards is bummy in the first preseason game. He had the least production of any receiver on that team. Jack Sorensen had two receptions for nine fucking yards. And Kwame had one for five? I heard an interesting thing from Jake Lisko on Locked On. Bengals that maybe that's on purpose. Because they know Kawami's a legitimate weapon. He's got really good ability. That was on a terrible fucking college team. Kansas was terrible. He was the premier player on that team. At, at the receiver position at least. Because they've had a couple good running backs come out. Including Puka. Uh, in 2020. Maybe they're hiding him. Because the reality is that. They know who their six are. I already talked about it a bit ago. So either Kwame's going to be a complete back into the roster guy that you could fit on, or he's going to be a practice squad guy. If you have him out there and ball out too hard, you're not going to keep him on the practice squad. There's going to be a receiver needy team that's going to snag him. That's just speculation, but something really interesting I heard and got me thinking. If you see Kwame have an unusual lack of production this week, like, compared to his ability, maybe that's why. Maybe he's a stock-on-the-shelf type of guy. Keep him low-key. You know what he is already. Don't show your hand. Don't show the world. Just something to think about. Um, some of the other things I got um, while I was mentioning Lasseter, maybe we'll see another baller performance from Pryor. But what I already mentioned prior in this show was there's only so much... Um, there's only so much he could change or force the hand of for this roster and how it's sculpted right now. You have a Super Bowl roster. You're one of the best teams in football. You have depth. And obviously, you have starters. Bonafide, premier, elite starters on this team. You do not have a ton of spots to fill on this starting, uh, on this 53 active roster. Do the best you can. Continue balling. Um, he may very well earn himself off this team. Onto a team that is receiver needy. Um, you know, there's fucking Ravens. They're desperate. Browns, desperate. You know, there's lots of teams out there that are going to be desperate for these guys that produce well. There's not a ton of names out there that they're looking for in free agency. There you go. 
Receiver U, Cincinnati Bengals. See, you guys got another baller. Uh, um, late guy from the draft, number 19. All right, Kendrick Pryor it is. So if he balls out, maybe that's how his career ends up. But you definitely want to see him produce. So maybe we'll see that. Eli Apple returning to the Big Apple. Pick six. Getting, he ain't playing. Don't worry about it. Y'all know, leader of the Eli Apple train. Choo-choo, motherfucker. If he had that happen, Twitter is breaking. Breaking. I go crazy. That's pretty much it, guys. Fun stuff. Enjoy the preseason the most you can. I know, it's like the biggest tease in the world. Everybody's ready for football, but it's coming back gradually. It's fun. Um, enjoy it while you can. It's crazy that preseason games are only nine more days. Then we are going into the regular season. These nine days are going to go by like that. Alright? So enjoy it. It's a great time. Super exciting shit. Appreciate you guys tuning into the All Things Bengals podcast. Yours truly, be things. Talk to y'all later. Peace.